all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Not to start things off with a total bummer, but we actually just heard some very bad news out of Charlotte. Yeah. We're recording this on Tuesday, April 30th, and uh, it was was really a matter of time before the shootings moved closer and closer to home, right? For everybody, Mm -hmm. literally. And so there was a school shooting at UNC Charlotte. Yeah. Major bummer. What we know so far is that two people are dead. Yeah, at least, yeah. So. so. Yeah. So happy Monday to you. Coming to a school near you. Ugh, no kidding. No kidding. That's this, that's this awful part. Like, this isn't even... It's not surprising. It's not shocking. That doesn't mean it's not bad. It's not awful. It's not terrible. It's not... Uh, it is all of those things. But it's just nothing new. Nope. Same day, different shit? No, same shit, different day. That's it. <laughs> same day, different shit. <laughs> that, that makes... <laughs> that's Groundhog Day. That is Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes, technically. Um, but, but you're not thinking on the bright side. Think of how many more em- members the NRA will get out of this. Because you know that's what they're thinking. I thought they were in uh, such dire straits that they needed so much more well, the, money. Well, here's the funny thing about that. There, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Mm-hmm. You can look it up if you want to. There is a huge scandal breaking out right now with the NRA. Um, Misappropriation? Ol- or? Oliver North left. Um, he okay. was the president, I think, for the past year. Okay. Um, if people don't know who Oliver North is, he uh, lied to Congress in the 80s about the Iran-Contra affair. Oh, fun. Just look up his name. And the, the NRA thing was is probably going to come up first now. Yeah. But I'm sure it would only take... Uh, one it's or two in his Wikipedia article, oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Um, and he was also featured in uh, Call of Duty. Oh, which game did I have? Uh, the one where you yelled at Black children? Ops Two. No, that was a uh, that was Black Ops One, oh. where I yelled at a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't play games with um MMOPR. Well, I have. I no, I do have a headset. I just don't play. I haven't played Call of Duty in a while. Yeah. But there, there was there was a time where I was very much into it. And yes, I did have to yell at a, <laughs> a, a, ten, a ten year old or eleven, however old you he was. You felt compelled. You didn't have to. But oh, I compelled. oh, I had to. And he and he deserved it. Whoever that kid was. <laughs> so not to get too bummery on the upside, the. As of right now, the Canes are up two to nothing uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, playing here in Raleigh on Wednesday tomorrow, tomorrow slash last Wednesday to everybody listening. Hopefully going, but not sure. Yeah, it depends. You're on... You're a little. You're you're losing some faith. Well, I got. Bit. In no. in you said that you're not feeling so great about. I'm not about their chances tomorrow. That yeah. doesn't mean I don't think I. Well, no, that yeah. they'll win overall or whatever. Yeah. You're just feeling a little sketchy about tomorrow because yeah. of the injuries. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to win because the Hurricanes followed me yes, on they did. Twitter <laughs> and said they were honored. Yes, they by did. me. The the reason being because I 
fell for their little publicity stunt and printed out their bunch of jerks sign and put it on my there you wall. go yes yeah so anyway so anyway go canes go canes. hopefully tomorrow night they'll put it up three to nothing i may or may not be there we'll see You'll be there and, in and spirit. If, and if I am there, I, again, I will tweet out some photos. I noticed the last game I was at, a couple of them didn't go Post? through. Really? It's probably because I was in an arena full of 19,000 people trying to do the same maybe. thing. Maybe. But I didn't realize it until after. Mm. One picture came up, but maybe, oh. I'll, maybe I'll put those back up at some yeah. point, if yeah. I remember. Yeah. Otherwise, let me see. We're coming up on our 100th episode, which I'm very excited about. That's coming out June, I think it's the 5th, whatever the first Monday in June is, that's going to be where our 100th episode comes out, our three-parter special 100th anniversary, 100th episode anniversary, anyway. 100th episode. Yeah. It's and not, 101st and 100 second. It's not our 100th anniversary, thank no. God. <laughs> that would be pretty remarkable. <laughs> but I'm excited about the topic I mean, it's not a good topic, but you, you know what I mean. It's very interesting and is multifaceted. And I'm, I've got the research even done for two of the episodes. Super excited about that because it means we might be able to record them early and do a really good job of it because we're not recording it at the last minute. Um, scripts still available. Anyone wants one for the record? They are the original scripts, as in what we read from authentically what jesse sat on authentically mm-hmm. a few of them yes um what we if you're allergic, spilled beer on authentically if you're allergic to cats yeah skip uh, it yeah but we sign them he's laid on more than one yes funny little messages and send them along to anyone who wishes so let us know if you want one uh request your topic and we'll see if it's still available i'd say we probably mailed out Ten or so. I was gonna say, I, I would say at least. Yeah, a couple of repeat uh, customers, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they're free, by the way. I don't. Mean yes, customers. we're not charging you. Yes. Yeah. Although it'd be nice if um, if you do want to do something for us because we don't have a Patreon or anything. Don't do ads. Look on our Facebook and Twitter for Alex's links. Yes. To her GoFundMe, still up there, as well as we now have a link. Uh, for an Avon fundraiser. Basically, like, you can buy Avon products, which some people are huge into. I actually need to... Um, I've heard rumors that their Skin So Soft lotion repels mosquitoes, which oh, would be something yes. I could use. Yeah. Because I am a magnet for mosquitoes and allergic I, I, to them. I might put some of that on as well. Mm-hmm. But so you just buy the products and she gets a, a kick up. A commission, like yes. on it, yeah. So, like as a fundraiser, so that's a a cool thing as well. And, and please, like whatever, she doesn't care. We don't care if it's two dollars. Yeah, it's something, anything you're able yeah. to afford. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll keep you up to date on that situation. Yes. Yeah. Right now, I think she said, if I'm not mistaken, May twenty. Wait, I feel like I'm mis- mixing this up with another date, but May twenty second is the date that's sticking in my mind of like when she's not gonna have a a home Mm -hmm. so that's just a few weeks so we need to get on it and really help her out so all right anything else you can think of who's keeping all right well are you ready then let's do it to delve i gave you a a little hint yeah but again i can't remember what it was okay all right (laughs) so it has something to do with driving yeah remember that okay there you go okay that that was basically the (laughs) 
<laughs> the hint, the extent of the hint. So this is the story of the Mont Blanc tunnel fire. Oh, God. On March 24th, 1999, a fire inside the Mont Blanc Highway Tunnel killed 39 people. Holy fuck. Yeah. This is, this is an interesting one in the worst way possible. For sure. So I very first at the top have to listener shout out this one. This is a listener suggested topic. I had never heard about this Mm-mm. before. Sometimes listeners suggest topics that are already on the list. I still put their names next to it to shout sure. them out. But because there are famous topics that people want us to get to, which is perfectly reasonable. But this and, one I had not And our responses. We'll get to that. Yes, yes. At some point. Absolutely. And like I said, it's really just a matter of the flow of the show and the topics. It's not because I don't care or don't want to do it or anything like that. It's more just just the overall flow. I'm specifically speaking to Michelle, who has sent me three different topics that she researched. She full-blown researched. So, Michelle, we are getting to all of those and basically, I'm I'm kind of storing them in my back pocket for the weeks that I don't feel like researching, because that's what good, they're going to be so helpful yes. for. So, um, so listener shout out. This topic was suggested by our awesome listener Joanne. So thank you, Joanne. Yes, thank you very much. I could be misremembering this, and if I am, I apologize. I believe Joanne is British. Just by like okay. our, our correspondence, not, okay. <laughs> not just because of her name. I thought you were going to say she was an alien or something. <laughs> no, not to my knowledge, but then she probably wouldn't admit it. That's true. Mm, right? Yes, there's, a, there's, there's a secret society of aliens on Earth. That's what Alex Jones said. Aren't they living in like a, a pizza parlor or something? Something like that. <laughs> no, I think that's where all the kitty rapists live. Oh, in the oh basement that's of the, right. Yeah. The, oh, God, that man. <laughs> All right, so another thing is that this is going to be a tough one because it involves a situation that is not entirely uncommon for people to be in. Uh, You know, uh, like traffic accidents are difficult, like the Humboldt bus crash, because we're all on highways with semis, not infrequently. And car all the time around here. Yes, right, exactly. Yes, yeah, some people live in in less car heavy areas, but yeah, we live in a very non public transport friendly, non pedestrian friendly. That's kind area. of all I see on the way to work in the morning because I leave for work at five thirty in the morning. I'm going by trucks. Oh yes, constantly. Yeah, when you drive on the highway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you drive on an interstate. So yeah, absolutely. So. This is going to be difficult in that we've this happened in a tunnel in on a roadway, right? So how many of us have been in a tunnel at some point in our lives traveling by car? It's maybe not frequent for not, all of not us. Not too often, but yes. I always found it kind of cool. No more. This this I I do not find it cool anymore. I find it kind of terrifying. Sort of like when, you know, bridge collapse mm-hmm. episodes, you know, the same thing. Because it's possible. Sure. And it's catastrophic when it happens. So so let's take a trip, shall we, before things turn horrible and dark, uh, to the beautiful Alpine region, the Alps of France and Italy. Okay. 
So it's a beautiful setting for a horrible tragedy. Definitely want to see the, the Alps one day. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be amazing. So the Mont Blanc Tunnel, or Tunnel du Mont Blanc in French, and Monte oui. Bianco in Italian, which I believe Ciao. means... <laughs> Ciao, Bella. I believe that this just means the White Mountain, right? Mont Blanc? Yeah. I know Blanc is white, that's all. Right, and, and Mont. Mont yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It's a highway tunnel in the Alps, in Europe specifically. It connects, sorry, there's going to be lots of French that I cannot pronounce. Chamonix. It looks like Chamonix, but I think it's Chamonix. In the southeastern part of France to Cormayeur in the Aosta Valley in the western part of Italy. Uh, so basically... Like, you know, the boot of Italy. Mm-hmm. Imagine the cuff at the top. Oh, kind of okay. on the left side, on the west side, sort of a little so bit higher where, up north. Are. Yeah. And and that's where it's bordering France. Mm-hmm. So, yes. South East France. And it's called the Mont Blanc Tunnel because it runs under Mont Blanc. <laughs> so, that's the mountain in the Alps that it runs under. And Mont Blanc is in the Alps, and more specifically, is the highest of the mountains in the Alps. So it's the highest okay. point in the Alps, and it's the highest peak in Europe, west of the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, which are along the border of Russia and Georgia, so kind of like the southwestern part of Russia. Mont Blanc's summit is 4,808.7 meters, or... 15,777 feet above sea level. That's almost three miles. It's pretty darn high. So to give some context, it is the 11th tallest summit or most topographically prominent summit on Earth. Really? So yeah, I mean, it's behind a lot of well-known mountains like Everest, which is the tallest, Denali, Kilimanjaro, um... And, it, but it is taller than K2 and Mount Rainier. Okay. And Erebus, Mount Erebus, which we covered the Mount Erebus disaster. We did. Yeah. And if you want to see a uh, very cheesy action movie from the early 90s, there is a movie called K2. Yes. I never S- saw it. Starring but... one of the greatest thespians of all time, Michael Bean. <laughs> Michael Bean. I literally have never heard that name. He's been in, I think, every James Cameron movie. Well, that's why I wouldn't know, because I never saw Terminator. I hated Titanic. He's, he's in Titanic in the very beginning in the card game. Okay. That, that, uh, I kind of that Leo that. or right. Jack, whoever. Jack right. Dawson wins his tickets right. from. kind of remember that, but I really hate that movie, as we've established. Michael Bean should win an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> For his, his opening sequence in Titanic. And it's Bean, B-I-E-H-N. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Sean Bean for a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's somebody different. Isn't he? Wasn't he in Game of Thrones? He was. Yeah. He also dies in every movie he's ever in. Okay, and in Game of Thrones. Spoiler <laughs> yes. alert. Yeah, but that well, was like in the first season, right? That happened the first season, right? season a while yeah. ago. Yeah. So as with most highway tunnels, the Mont Blanc Tunnel was built, of course, to ease travel over the terrain. And as you can imagine, the Alps... That's got to be hard to navigate I in would, general, I right? I would guess. I can't even imagine building all this. Oh, this, that, yeah. yeah this, the, well, we, we'll get into that. So uh, going around Mont Blanc was a big pain in the ass. Ask. <laughs> 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 uh, 
a big pain in the ass for that, from, that too. Yes, from way back. Uh, and talks about building a tunnel straight through it went back to the 1800s when they were like, we need to get trains. Uh, yeah, this. and when, when all they had were pickaxes and uh, and Chinese people that they stole. Well, steamers, no, or like, um, <laughs> I'm making a motion. And well, it they makes wouldn't no have sense. had. They wouldn't have um, had anything. John really- Henry, you know the the legend of John Henry. He built. He um, he outpaced the. Steam. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Steam hammer? Is that what it's called? Do you know the legend of John Henry? I don't even know who that is. It, there was like songs and poems and stuff, but the idea is I, I his, guess, I guess he I missed and those. his hammer. Was he were, Irish? No, I think, I believe he was an African-American gentleman. Oh, okay. But his, his power and like how quickly he could hammer... Maybe it was jackhammer, steamroller, something. Anyway, he outpowered a machine, but he died in the end, I think. So he didn't outpower it. Well, but he beat it through the... But, the, he's, but he's dead and the machine was still around. Well, maybe the machine died too. <laughs> I guess. Maybe the machine broke down. Um. So to get back on topic... <laughs> Google John Henry. If <clears throat> maybe you need to. I, I, I think I, other I people might. know what I'm talking about. I, I, I learned... I doubt it. A, Song or a poem or a storybook. I was gonna say if he was school. If he was Irish from working in an Irish pub for almost two years. I would have heard fifteen songs about him. But since he's not, no, it was more like a um, not a spiritual, but a folk song. Folk song. Okay. Yes, I believe. So I'll Google it after this and it, probably it, discover it, that I'm I all guess, wrong. I guess it, I guess it didn't make my folk song playlist. <laughs> you you don't know much about folk music. I do not. You're not very good at folk folk music so that's all right i'm not very good at new metal i just say that because i listened to israel keys part one of last podcast on the left did you listen to it i did not you need to you're gonna love it okay like you're seriously gonna love it they devolved into like a five minute conversation on new metal i feel that would have been right when those guys were in high school too yes i was a Mm -hmm. little i was a little past that well israel keys was um born in 1979 so that's the context they're putting sure anyway so they wanted to build a rail tunnel through mont blanc sure uh, but the idea didn't gain any traction really for years. Didn't go anywhere. You're like, right. How the fuck are we going to do this? And we're talking a significant distance too. Sure. Like it's not like oh we'll just poke through and we'll get to the other side right away. So we'll get in, into more details in just a minute. But finally, in 1908, the first designs for an actual tunnel were put forth by a French engineer named Arnold Monod. But during the next oh 40 years or so, Europe. Had some problems, yeah. <laughs> some especially my, some minor France issues. and Italy. Yeah. You know and that that just something something fascism, something <laughs> something World War One and two. It put infrastructure on the back burner, shall sure. we say? Then, well, well, until Reconstruction. Well, and exactly yes. in 1946, mm-hmm. Italy was like, hell yes, we're going to make this. This tunnel happened because Mont Blanc actually straddles France and Italy, so this had to be a a dual country cooperative. I'm 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 not going to step on your toes, but I'm going to be curious to see how this works out, seeing as how France and Italy were enemies. Right, uh, France was in, was on the Allied side, and Italy was on the Axis side. They were. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Italy basically started 
boring on their side, started drilling on their side. But because the tunnel was connecting two countries, both France and Italy had to get on board, and they did. So in relatively short order, this, I mean, this is right after post-World right War II. Yeah. Yes. They signed an agreement to build the tunnel together in 1949. So they they got everything on both their sides straight That's and decided to build it together. Okay. And each country took responsibility for approximately half the tunnel. Not and quite exactly, but very close to it. Probably cost too, maybe. Well, because they were each taking responsibility for the construction sure. for their ends. Yes, okay. roughly. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. It was actually a very cooperative thing. It still took years after that for real efforts to get underway. This was a huge undertaking. Um, so 1959 is the year the construction. Okay, get ready for this. Began in earnest. Poor Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of a tribute to my grandpa. He he told jokes like that. Continue. All right. It took an enormous machine, an 82-ton tunnel boring machine, to be precise. So enormous equipment. And 783 tons of explosives. Jesus Christ. To build this tunnel. As well as 4.6 million total man hours from 350 yeah, that's not workers. Yeah. yeah, from 350 workers. Yeah, that's, that's it. Apparently, Jesus. I mean, it was over years. This tunnel sure, didn't but, but still open for years. I, yeah. Okay. Each. I, I hope they got paid above a minimum. I hope they well, got paid. I don't know. Who knows? Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So each country worked on their respective sides, and three years after construction began in the middle of August. Just out of curiosity, did you calculate what that is? 350 workers? I mean, I can right now. I feel like, I mean, if you're working 40 hours, and let's be honest, they're probably working way more than 40 hours. Oh, calculator, calculator. Okay, so 4.6 million... Divided by 350, each person put in 13,142 hours. Um, how, oh, divided by 40. How many weeks is that? 328 weeks. 328 weeks divided by 52. It's 6.3 years. And and actually, it, it opened, out. spoiler alert, it opened in 65. Okay, so, so yeah, the math works out. Yeah, it, I mean, it may have been more. It wouldn't surprise me if it well, was, sure. like, truncated. Yeah. Like, they were working more, like, 60 hours a week or whatever. But anyway, it, it is Sorry, funny. I, I was just curious what that, what that no, would be like. How? <laughs> no, it's okay, because 4.6 million hours sounds like a shit ton. It's a yeah. lot. But if you, well, let's see. Just divvied up between yeah. 300... 50 people, that's a, that's a, yeah, yeah. It's whatever, how many thousands you just said, now I can't remember. To to be, now, I feel like that was total. I feel like I said all of that right, and that, that wasn't just on one side. I feel like that was cumulative, but anyway. So. They worked their ass off. Yes, they did. And they met in the middle on August 4th, 1962. Now, as you can imagine, imagine, so. Somebody starting from one side, mm-hmm. somebody starting from other, uh, the other side. What are their chances of meeting precisely in the middle, do you think? The same thing actually happened when they built the tunnel under the English uh, Oh, the channel. tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. 
What what happened? They literally met the two guys on each side that got through the they shook hands. Mm-hmm. I've seen video of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I still want to ride through the channel one day. That would be amazing. Probably not after this though. Well, this isn't underwater. But it's still a, <laughs> still a, still a tunnel. It's worse actually because yes, it is I was underwater. Gonna say. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, they... I'm fine with it, but you didn't seem like you were fine with it two minutes into the I'd episode. I'd probably be okay. The odds are very much they, in our favor. Are. It would be yes, fine. May the odds ever be in your Exactly. Favor. So, in the end, there was only a 5-inch or 13-centimeter difference in the location of the tunnels. So they wow, were actually incredibly no precise. Yeah. Yes, they they did an excellent job. So when completed, the Mont Blanc Tunnel accommodated two lanes of traffic total, like one either each way, okay. one each direction. I believe it was twenty one feet ish wide, something like that. I didn't write that down for some reason, but it was an impressive eleven point six one one kilometers or seven point two one five miles long. This is a seven miles long tunnel. tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made it the longest highway tunnel in the world by a long shot. Uh, roughly half, like I said, roughly half of the tunnels in France and half in Italy. Oh, the previous record holder of uh, longest underground tunnel, or highway tunnel rather, was the Mersey Tunnel in Liverpool, which is only about a third of the size. Oh, the wow. So, so. It, yeah, it tripled the record, basically. Um, the tunnel is not horizontal. It's kind of like a slight inverted V shape, which apparently is good for ventilation. Like it helps with ventilation. Okay. Which will actually become an issue in a bit. Just gonna say. And the tunnel is a hub for multiple roads leading to and from from some of the major surrounding areas, including Turin, Italy. Did okay. they have like yes. the Winter Olympics there? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. In sort of, re- I mean, modern history. Uh, 2000... Yeah, I was going to say, I remember no, it. No, not 2010, 2014, maybe? No, 14 was no, Russia. No, I feel like it was farther back. 10 was Canada. 2004, 06 maybe 06? or something. I think maybe 06. Yeah, maybe. Uh, also Milan, Rome, and Lyon. So places you yeah, recognize. Just, just some minor, <laughs> yeah. minor cities. The tunnel finally opened to much fan- fanfare on July 16th, 1965. And opened to traffic three days later. Uh, Charles de Gaulle, then oh. French president, and the Italian president, Giuseppe Saragat, were both present at okay. the ribbon cutting or the inauguration. I don't know if they actually cut ribbon. The tunnel has had upgrades over the years. In 1978, surveillance cameras were installed, which actually seems really cutting edge for 1978. Uh, maybe. I mean, there was a lot of... Uh... They beta tapes? Probably. Mm-hmm. Actually, they probably were. Mm-hmm. I mean, news stations and stuff still use beta. Still? Yes. No, they don't. They don't use they don't use tapes at all anymore. Well, probably not. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. But I I do know when I was growing up, and especially when I went to school for this, everything was on beta. When was that? Uh, that'd be 1995. So you still think they use betas I'm today? Not positive. <laughs> I don't think everything is You're digital. You're like my dad. You think anything that happened like in high school and college is still holding true today. The internet happened when I was in high school and college and it still holds true today. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant like when you swish water and spit it out. What? Yeah. You said your coach told you to do that or something like to not get too much, drink too much water or yeah. something. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's not. Not so, that your coach so, did. So you won't cramp up. 
Yeah, that's not. That's, you don't. <laughs> that's all silly. You never played hockey, so so you can't. Say Emily, so. you're a medical professional. Please help me, or at least she does something. <laughs> she does something. I can't believe I don't know what you do, Emily. Please clarify for us. Um, we're still waiting for your live tweeting this week, by the way. Oh yeah, that's Getting true. So impatient. Yeah. Look. You all have to live tweet because it's what keeps us entertained. <laughs> anyway, in 1990, the tunnel underwent a modernization overhaul because apparently Europeans know at least how to take care of their infrastructure, unlike us. And it included updating the surveillance equipment again, uh, adding emergency shelters, or rather updating the emergency shelters. We'll get into all of this. Um, and adding a sprinkler system. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Seven years later, a fire detection system was added, as were new, quote, variable message signs, which are marquees. Okay. Well, this is an interesting lead up to Because it sounds great, right? It seems like, like they were prepared for... Right? It sounds like everything's going to be pretty okay. Well, they weren't counting on this happening, and it's it's kind of understandable when you hear what happens. So... In the morning hours of March 24th, 1999, a Belgian man named Gilbert de Grave, Gilbert de Grave, I don't know, I'll just, he's Belgian, I'll pronounce it that way, was driving a Volvo FH12 tractor carrying a refrigerated trailer. So he was driving a rig, right? Mm -hmm. Tractor trailer. Mm -hmm. Inside the trailer was a load of flour and margarine. So he was carrying flour and margarine. But it, uh, and when I say large, it was huge. Uh, He was carrying 12 tons of flour and nine tons of margarine. So massive. Yeah, we're not talking about a pickup truck and he just came from the grocery store and he's got sticks of margarine (laughs) and a couple bags of flour. No, he's the guy delivering it to all the grocery stores or a distribution center even. Either way. DeGrave was a delivery driver. And so that's why he was hauling this cargo. He was hauling it from France to Italy. So he entered the Mont Blanc Tunnel on the French side at 10.46 a.m. local time. He was driving along, doing his little trucker thing, making his little delivery. But about two or three minutes into his journey through the tunnel, he was gaining on roughly the halfway point in the tunnel, Travelers headed in the opposite direction started to notice white smoke coming from his vehicle, from his rig. And eventually, DeGrave noticed that people heading in the opposite direction were flashing their lights sure. at him. Yeah. So they were warning him, right? Giving him a heads up. So that obviously concerned him a bit. He looked at his side mirrors and he saw the white smoke coming from his truck. So at 10.53 a.m. local time, he stopped his truck at one of the rest areas in the tunnel. Now, oh, okay. I was... and it's called Rest Area 21. Now, the, the thing is, I didn't get a great visual of what that meant, that it was a, a rest tunnel, because here's the issue. He wasn't off the road. Okay. He was still in the road. He had stopped his vehicle, but he was still in the road. So I'm not positive what the rest area meant. So I'm going to have to apologize for not being able to clarify that. But so he got out of his rig, looked under the cab and saw flames 
and smoke. Oh, Jesus. Coming from it. So now, sidebar, this was not the first truck fire in this tunnel. There had been 17 previously documented vehicle fires in the tunnel, mostly on trucks like this. But in the past, the drivers had been able to extinguish them pretty quickly. So nothing else caught on fire. There was no issue. And no other vehicles ever caught fire. It was just there. It was like single vehicle incidents. They it's it's standard protocol for trucks to carry fire extinguishers I on board. I would think, yeah. So they were able to extinguish them, and that was that. And that's what DeGrav tried to do. So he reached into his rig under the seat of, of the cab or towards that area to try and grab his fire extinguisher. And just as he did that, flames burst out the side of his cab, literally making it impossible for him to reach his fire extinguisher. And basically his only option was to get the hell out of there. Yeah. To flee. Yeah. And by... I can't, can't necessarily <clears throat> blame him for that. No, no. I mean, what else are you going to do? No. So, but, like, he couldn't do anything. He had no equipment. He couldn't put out this fire. So by all witness accounts, at this point, the smoke turned from white to black. And mm. I remember what James said about smoke. What did he say? He said that it can also cause... He's like, there's fire trapped in the smoke sometimes and smoke he's like smoke is bad smoke is very bad as we're about to find out so unfortunately from that point on things escalated really quickly now one okay yeah 21 feet wide right this tunnel Mm -hmm. two lanes not a huge amount of space no especially the whole two lane thing right and at this point there was a big rig blocking one entire lane because he was still parked mm-hmm. in traffic. Now, at 10.55 a.m., so less than two minutes after DeGrave pulled over, a fire alarm was triggered on the French side of the tunnel, which we're going to get into the alarm system a little bit in a little bit, and no one else was allowed to enter the tunnel from the French side, okay? So traffic got cut off at that point, Firefighters were dispatched immediately from the French side, arrived quickly, and behind DeGrav's rig on the French side before they had cut off traffic, there was one motorcycle, nine passenger vehicles, one pickup truck, and 18 other trucks that had entered the tunnel behind him. A few, and and basically none of them got out. Yeah. Meaning the the vehicles. A few cars headed in the opposite direction from the Italian side actually passed him. Like while the the beginnings of this were going on. But the rest just stopped, got the hell out of their vehicles and ran. Ran towards the Italian side uh, of the tunnel back towards where they had come. And traffic entering the Italian side was stopped about a minute after it was on the French side. So a couple more people got in on the Italian side than the French side. But like I said, people were largely able to stop and get out on the Italian side. We're going to get into the mechanisms of a lot of this later. And it had taken a bit longer for the Italian traffic to get cut off because the, the sensors for Rest Area 21, the fire sensors, had been disabled on the Italian side the night before because of frequent false alarms that tended to happen at that spot. Okay. Yeah. 
A few smaller vehicles behind DeGrav were able to like do a three-point turn and maneuver their way to try and head out the other way. Um, none of them got out, but they were at least attempting it. For larger vehicles, though, they, yeah, they couldn't not, do that. The tr- those no. big rigs, those trucks. One truck carrying tires tried and ended up blocking. It's not like they, say, there was nothing yeah. they could do. So unfortunately for all involved, the smoke from the fire, the smoke, was quickly filling the tunnel with toxic fumes. Oh, God, yeah. This was highly toxic smoke. Uh, and it sucked the oxygen from the area. The vehicles that were inside the tunnel stuck behind DeGrave or DeGrave's rig stalled because the smoke actually choked out the engines. I'm not surprised at that uh, at all. Yeah. Those- and, and when something like that happens too, um, and I, who knows if people did this or not, but hopefully they at least as a last resort, you close all the vents in your car too. Well, I'm, I was just going to get oh, to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. That's okay. Uh, the vehicles that, all right. So those who were trapped inside their cars, rolled up their windows, closed their vents and waited to be rescued. Some people escaped from their vehicles, tried to outrun the smoke to make it to one of the shelters inside. Remember there were emergency shelters mm-hmm. inside. And, um, so here's where it gets a little murky. I'm not positive if any of them actually made it, but I definitely know at least some of them didn't. They just sure. couldn't run outrun the smoke, and they suffocated or at least passed out before they were able to. And the so the fire engines, because the firefighters responded quickly, they stalled as they tried to oh, get yeah. into Jeez, the I tunnel. Guess so. mm-hmm. And the firefighters inside the rigs were forced to escape to get to the shelters as well, like just for their own well-being. And, but I did read that at le- from at least one source that the firefighters were rescued via the ventilation system through the, the shelters. So that's what makes me think that none of the passengers got into the shelters, but some of the firefighters did and were rescued. Unfortunately, the fire chief of the Chamonix Fire Department who was rescued from the the shelter area, uh, died later in the hospital. So wow. he ended up being one of the casualties. And he was the only victim who didn't actually die in the tunnel. Obviously, he died of the smoke sure. inhalation. But, and so in all, roughly 50 people were trapped initially. And this is where things are going to get super grim, right? So there's basically nothing anyone could do. At this point, the smoke was spreading really quickly, was really toxic. Now, why was this smoke especially toxic? It's like it's coming from a truck. Was it like the fuel or something like that? And the answer is no. It was carrying highly toxic cargo. Remember what it was carrying? Yeah, margarine and flour. What's margarine? A substitute to butter. I, yeah, I, what's it made out of? Uh, there's oil in it, I'm guessing. There's vegetable oil in it. Okay. It's oh. made of pure vegetable oil, basically. Okay. And oil, That's, when oh, it burns. Oh, sure, is, is highly toxic. <laughs> yeah. So his margarine haul was the equivalent of 6,100 gallons of gas. 
Oh, man. So, of all innocuous things that you would think Fucking wouldn't cause margarine. a problem, basically, I can't believe it's not butter, is what made this. And, and no, no, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to uh, slag off. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. It was probably not that at all. We're talking about Belgium, so, or France and Italy. I'm sure it wasn't. But it basically just created a horrible, toxic smoke. And then add to that the fact that other nearby vehicles that were stuck, other trucks, other rigs, were carrying combustible loads. Sure. Possibly even hazardous materials, etc. And you get the picture. The fire spread. It spread to other vehicles. It was just a disaster immediately. And the fire burned at an incredibly high heat. Sure. Up to about 1,000 degrees Celsius, which is about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. And then it's also, it's trapped in a tunnel. So it's got, I mean, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Except out Uh, mm -hmm. one end, which was the French end Mm -hmm. of the tunnel. Wow. Um, For reasons that we'll get into later, basically the Italian half of the tunnel was largely not unaffected, but nobody died on that end it was all from who was behind de grave 12 people did manage to escape in some manner again some of this was a little sketchy as to exactly how it happened well i mean the whole thing is probably damn chaos and there's not really yes uh but everyone else was trapped in what basically just became a giant furnace right 50 french italian and swiss firefighters fought the fire which burned for a total of 53 hours. Holy shit. This fire burned for more than two days. Wow. Yeah. And during that time, it was really a giant question mark as to how many people were inside. All of the security cameras had just been blacked out. Oh, sure, yeah. It was completely obscured by the smoke. And reports vary on how long it took the tunnel to cool enough after the fire was put out to even sure, allow rescuers to enter. Yeah. Five days seemed to be the wow. the consensus. Yeah. So and, it literally was like a fucking oven. Yes. Yes. And, and at that point, they were, they were recovering bodies. And unfortunately, they weren't even recovering bodies. They were recovering remains, mostly ash and bone. Jesus. Like there was just nothing left of the victims. So, so it was just horrific. So there were 38 people who died inside the tunnel. Remember the fire chief, the 39th mm-hmm. victim, or really kind of the first victim, poten- well, potentially. He may have been the last chronologically, but he died in the hospital. Most people had died of smoke inhalation. Not that they could do autopsies on any of them, but it just made sense. And so they... They died of suffocation before they died of being burned to death, which I guess small, small favors, right? Not that that would be fun either. No. It'd be, Jesus. You just hope you pass out first, right? Which you probably do. Well, I I mean, well, we've covered plenty of fires and certain types of smoke. Mm. I don't know if this is the case or not, but our very first episode, um, Mm -hmm, a station, uh, because it was like, insulation and stuff that was burning right. it was like if you take three breasts of that like you're, like you're out just out yeah and this so, was highly toxic so maybe that was the case too I, I fucking hope so isn't it horrible when you hope that that's what happened when you when you hope somebody died in a still terrible way but 
not as terrible yeah. as Jesus. Yeah. So 29 of the victims were found inside vehicles. The rest were outside of vehicles, but mm-hmm. not in the shelters. So here's the kicker about those shelters. So I guess I answered my own question from earlier. Um, no one died inside the shelters, but even if they had made their way to the shelters, the shelters had originally been, the, the specs on them, the specifications, were that they could withstand a fire for two hours. Oh, they wow. were upgraded to be able to withstand four hours, but they wouldn't have been able to withstand 53 hours. No way. So it wouldn't have even helped at, at that point. So additionally, and obviously much less importantly, uh, two emergency vehicles, 23 trucks, 10 passenger vehicles, and one motorcycle were destroyed. And then the tunnel itself also suffered some pretty severe damage. And it was shut down for three years wow. after the fire. Holy shit. And we'll talk okay. in a little bit about what they did during those three years, but... Quick sidebar. Here's like a little interesting side story to this whole thing is the story of Pierluccio Tinazzi, who is one of those 39 people, or more specifically, one of the 38 people in the tunnel. So Tinazzi was an Italian man born and raised in the Alsta Valley, which is the just off the Italian side of the tunnel, who loved riding motorcycles and was serving as a security guard at the tunnel that day, patrolling on his motorcycle. Now, at the time of the fire, he had been sitting outside of the tunnel and entered the tunnel sometime after the truck had entered, but before the fire alarm went off. And it's still not known entirely what made him go into the tunnel. Some speculate that he may have seen something... Mm-hmm. That concerned him. Maybe he saw some smoke or something. It's also possible he was just on his routine patrol to the other side. So nobody really knows for sure. At any rate, he went in. He was stopped by the smoke partway in. Where he stopped, he found a man named Maurice Lebras uncon- unconscious. So he dragged the man into one of the shelters, and I'm guessing... Again, a little bit of this is confusing, but I'm guessing because no one died in the shelters, that man actually survived. And and he ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Not not Maurice Labras, but right. um Tanazi. Oh yeah, I I don't know. I the shelter thing just throws me off. Anyway, I apologize for that there's some murky details here, but anyway. In the days following the fire, Tanazi was hailed as a hero, and it, his story got kind of blown out of proportion. It was widely reported that he rescued at least 10 people, like he kept going back in and dragging people out, which was just not possible, because no one was able to survive that smoke for that long. But that myth sort of persisted, and he received a posthumous award from the Federación Internacional de Motociclisme, or the International Governing Body for Motorcycle Sports. And a journalist named Mark Gardner wrote a biographical article on Tanazi's supposed heroics in 2003. It got picked up by a bunch of publications. So that was sort of the, the legend of Pierluccio Tanazi. But 16 years later, in March of 2019, as in last month, mm-hmm. Gardner wrote an article peddling back most of the claims about Tanazi and setting the record straight that, no, he did save somebody or he, he worked to rescue somebody, but 
just one guy and then he died. Not that that's any less heroic, but it's just weird that that story sort of yeah. propagated itself. Probably because people just wanted something something to nice yeah. to yeah. So, oh, I've got pictures. I keep I forgot to show you pictures. How could I? I'm not sure if I want to see them. Well, here's the tunnel, just so you can kind of see what the entrance to the tunnel looks like. Okay. Big mountain. Yes, it is. Mm. Here's the not nice picture of the oh my remains God. in the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, the remains of the truck. and. Yeah. Yeah, it was not. Well, there. kind of the remains of the tunnel, too. I mean, look yeah, at the, the, the tunnel is all charred exactly. up. Exactly. The tunnel is very uh, damaged. Jesus. Yeah. That, fuck that. So a task force led an investigation, obviously, investigation into the fire, headed by Inspector General of the Ministry of the Interior of France, Pierre Dufay, on behalf of the Minister of the Interior, Ministry of Equipment, Transportation, and Housing, Inspector General of the Administration, and Board of Bridges and Highways, basically a bunch of government organizations, right? Or or, um, agencies. Yeah. While the investigations would go on for several years, like the the full-blown investigations, the task force did complete their report and release it on June 30th, 1999. So it took them about three months to release their initial report. And in the initial report, as well as future investigations, the exact cause of the fire, like what made DeGrave's truck catch on fire, was never conclusively determined. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, how could everything you? was all burned up? Yeah, like you could. All that was all that they could really go on, aside from maybe very minimal forensic evidence, was witness accounts. Sure, like it was white smoke. Then the flames did this, and then the smoke turned black. And that's just relying on people's memories during a very traumatic time. So it would be really difficult. And so as a result, there's conflicting theories as to the cause of this fire. Uh, One theory is that someone in the tunnel in another vehicle, like, flicked a cigarette out their window and that it fell into the... You know how um, cabs on tractor trailers have those sort of Mm stovepipey-looking things? Yeah. That it potentially, like, flew into that and then caught the air filter on fire? So that's one theory. That's yeah. That, that's along the lines it's, of the, the magic bullet well, as well. Well, it's but, called uh, the engine induction snorkel, is that thing? Uh, but anyway, and then there's other theories that it was some sort of mechanical failure, electrical fault. I mean, really, all it would take is a spark in the wrong place, right? So, so basically, it was it was never completely figured out yeah, what, I what started that fire. I wouldn't think fire. you'd be able to. Yeah. No. Uh, now, the reason this particular fire wasn't contained and didn't just like turn out like the other 17 fires that had happened previously was pretty well sorted out even from this report. So for one thing, the hazardous cargo, the margarine of all innocuous things, seeming things ended up. And and that's the thing is that because this was margarine, it wasn't marked as hazardous cargo. It wasn't treated as hazardous cargo because it's not, you know, like you see those uh, uh, diamond shaped warning signs. Yeah, we have them at work all over the place. Exactly. I don't think margarine trucks have to have those. 
Well, it's I mean, they should because anymore, it's oil. I don't know, but it's yeah. a combustible material. So right. So that was sort of the kind of one of the lessons learned is that even innocuous seeming cargo can potentially be very hazardous under certain circumstances, and that's what created that horribly toxic smoke. And then the other one of the other things that contributed to this being so deadly or such a deadly fire was how quickly it spread. Nobody ha- nobody could escape. Right. It wasn't like it was a localized fire that gradually spread because then pretty much everyone could have gotten out. It seems like once it caught fire, it, it was, was just, just gone. Almost yeah. nobody was able to, like the firefighters even couldn't get all the way in. They had to turn, their engines got choked. They had to turn back. They barely made it out. One didn't. The chief didn't. So... So this was determined to be based on oxygen supply, basically. So sure. we talked about ventilation earlier. Of course, we know oxygen feeds a fire. So part of the issue was the natural airflow through the tunnel. Sure. The way the air naturally flowed was from the Italian side to the French side, which is part of what protected the Italian, the Italian side, side and part of what sent the smoke going down the French side. So... Just kind of the, uh, the nature of the ventilation in in the mountain or the that region it is part of what propagated the fire. Now, I also found a reference in a couple of the sources that I looked at or allusions to the fact that authorities, Italian authorities, were actually deliberately pumping air into the tunnel from their side. The reason and the rationale being to help clear the smoke for people to escape from the Italian side, but then potentially also making it worse on the French side. I was going to say, but it had the unfortunate side effect. Right. But I I definitely don't see any... Not malicious intent or anything. Obviously not. not. Now, the investigations revealed several flaws, even though they had been doing so well at keeping this tunnel kept up. There were some major flaws of this tunnel revealed because of this fire. or I'll, I'll bet. Flaws in such extreme circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it was fine in every other circumstance. It was really just things like this. But because it killed so many people, it could happen again. They obviously made recommendations and pointed out issues. And that's what was done in those ensuing three years when the tunnel was closed. Trying they made to some updates, fix right? everything. Yeah. Well, first they had to fix all the damage, which I'm sure took a lot of time. Right, there was time. just structural damage and, and smoke damage. And thankfully, they took the next logical step and to be like, okay, obviously this wasn't safe. Right. What can what we do, we do to, to, to make it, yeah. Yep. So one issue, which I kind of alluded to, you know, the French alarm went off first and then the Italian alarm. Mm-hmm. There was no central communication. The, the French authorities had their side, the the oh, Italian okay. authorities had their yeah. side, and they didn't have a very efficient way of communicating together. So that was identified as a major flaw, which obviously that was. So as a result of this fire, they implemented a central control facility. Kind of seems like a no-brainer, but, but they did it. So that can help the two sides coordinate and all alarms are fed to this central location. Okay. So it's not a matter of, oh, of where it's it on this off. side it's... or it's on that side. It's in the central facility. Everybody knows what's going on. Now, the shelters in there, I believe there were 37 of them or are 37 of them. It was, it was obvious they weren't sheltering and they weren't 
even though nobody died in them, they weren't really help. They weren't going to help in a situation like this anyway. This fire burned for 53 hours. People would have been stuck in these rooms that could only withstand a couple of hours. So they, they did a few things to these shelters. They updated them to be able to withstand much higher temperatures for much longer. Okay. So they were just better able to withstand fire in the first place. And they also built an escape tunnel. To link all of the all each all the series of shelters on each side mm-hmm. to each other, and then a way out. So these were these turned into escape tunnels or okay. shelters. Well, that, that makes sense, right? And then so you're not just stuck there. You can you can move around if you need to, right? Although additionally, they also put cameras and telephones inside the shelters sure. so that they can communicate with the central control facility. And I've got pictures here. Of this is what the doors look like to the shelters. Okay, yeah. And then that's the design of the shelters. So you can kind of see where the tunnels and the vent yeah. systems and stuff are. That's actually, I mean. It, I mean, th- this could, was the only way they could respond to this was to make this and you pretty also badass. really couldn't ask for much more. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Unless you it's literally, very well unless you now. literally put like a fucking escape pod in there, which jettisons you out of the top of the mountain, and you <laughs> right, you know, parachute somewhere else. But we're not done. They kept going, and, okay. and this, some of this is really cool. So the sh- uh, the shelters also each contain firefighting equipment, including sure. water tanks. Okay. So each of those tunnels is a resource for firefighting, and there's now and probably also for the firefighters. Exactly. There's also now an exhaust channel that can draw and pump smoke out. I was honestly thinking that that might be something they would do, like literally drill. I don't know how it works, but I'm thinking drill a hole into the top of the mountain for like a filtration system down. I honestly have no idea like where all of this is going on, but they do have a ventilation, like not a ventilation system, a pump, a smoke pump basically, Yeah. yeah. Exhaust system, kind of. They also built a fire station, a mini fire station in the middle of the tunnel so it can easily reach either end, so it's never very far away. So it's not like ambulances coming in at the end of the tunnel having to go all the way to the other end or whatever. It's pretty much right in the middle. And this is all in a fucking tunnel. Yes. I mean, this is crazy. It's pretty cool. It's like a little city, kind of. Uh, and zombie apocalypse, we're going to this tunnel. <laughs> we're going to make it there somehow. There are also three fire trucks kept in this tunnel. And they're not just any fire truck. This, in my opinion, is the coolest part of this story. They are, I don't know if it's pronounced Manbai or M-A-N-B-A-I, because it's like standing for something. Giannis 4000 by Frontis. So the Giannis truck. These are fire trucks. And I'm going to show you a picture See if you can notice what's different about this truck. Can you hold on to it? <laughs> it's a little tricky to tell from that picture. Yeah, I, I don't know. So that's a cab of the truck, right? The front of the truck? Mm-hmm. So is that. It's a two-headed fire truck. It can be driven from either end. Oh, I see. Isn't okay. that the freaking coolest thing ever? Yeah, you kind of can't tell from the, this picture. The idea is it can drive in either end to either side right. in the tunnel without having to turn around. Right. Isn't that awesome? I find that super cool. Okay, now, okay, so now yeah. I can see. Yeah, you see the window okay. there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
It's oh, a shit. two-headed, by Frontess it's called, so it's a two-headed fire truck. That is pretty cool. Isn't that neat? So it can it's, easily change directions without having to turn around. It sucks that all this had had to happen because of the deaths of well, all these people. Well, they didn't necessarily design this specifically just for the Mont Blanc Tunnel. They're no, but I'm saying all the other areas. stuff. Okay. But yeah. I think they had... <clears throat> I honestly think they had the right idea going in, just not... They weren't necessarily prepared for something like this. Right. It was a little bit of a perfect storm of a fire. Yeah. It... It wasn't, they had weathered 17 other fires with no problem. This was the one out of 18 and probably would never happen again. Yeah. It's just, it was so impactful. Yeah. Here in America, if the same thing had happened, they're like, we're just going to rebuild it and it'll be open next week. As evidenced gonna, by the fact that yeah. how many people have died in mass shootings now and we still don't think gun control is a problem. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. So a sensor network has also been installed at the tunnel entrances to scan all vehicles like for infrared to see if they're overheating or at sure, risk of overheating. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. So any vehicle that's found to be running too hot is forced to stop and wait until they cool down. So they're just being more careful about who goes into the tunnel. And then See, see that's strange because uh, all I've heard all my adult life is that government can't accomplish anything. Right. And that we don't need oh, it. Oh, more so, um, two governments from two separate countries that used to be mortal enemies can't yeah. get anything accomplished. It would seem like they'd be able to get twice as much not accomplished. Yeah, that's being right. Being that they're two different countries. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, just... And then traffic. I mean, why, like, okay, we have tunnels all over America. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I honestly don't know if they have things like this, right. but I'm just gonna guess. Off I mean, this the top is a major head. tunnel. This is the biggest sure. tunnel in the world, basically. Sure, but I'm sure we have major tunnels that because one of the things is obviously this, this tunnel deals with a lot of commerce. Yeah. Yes. Well, look at how many trucks were yeah. going through it. Yeah. And I'm sure we have tunnel, tunnels here in America that mm-hmm. do as much volume, if not more, probably more. Right. But this, here's the sad thing: is I can't see us. Having all of these... I know. We're not Europe. I guess not. No, we give much fewer shits about our people. That's true. There's more of us, too, so more of us are expendable as a result. Now, traffic lights, there have always been traffic lights inside this tunnel, which is pretty cool. Um, But they are using them more efficiently now. They pace the traffic. Sure. With them now to yeah. ensure that nobody's, the volume's not too high and that nobody's following anybody too closely, right. basically. So now a less direct response, though still very much influenced by this particular fire, was the for- formation of an entire new agency in France, the French Land Transport Accident Investigation Bureau. Or oh, so like the Department of Homeland Security? No, no, more no, like the no, NTSB, yes. but uh, but for um, land travel, um, or in French, the Bureau d'Enquête sur le Accident de Transport Terrestre, or the BEATT. Wee wee, wee wee, ciao ciao. <laughs> Prior to the fire, there were commissions set up after any land transportation disasters but not a dedicated investigation bureau so that's when they decided like basically the Mont Blanc fire was the final straw where they're like we need a whole arm of the government like ready to go at any moment so they created that the BEATT founded in 2004 so 
What are you smiling at? You're it's, smirking. It's just, it's just. Uh, let's. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll, move we'll, on. We'll Otherwise, move we'll on. just rant about yeah. how much we hate America. So, I don't hate America. I kind of do. Um, it's yeah. Uh, don't anyway. at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So litigation and criminal charges in this oh, case. Oh, well, so, sure. Yeah. Now, as with any tragedy, there's plenty of blame to go around in this one. And not just as it pertained to the safety of the tunnel itself. So this is kind of what I feel is one of the sadder parts of this story. Gilbert de Grave, the driver mm-hmm. of the truck, was charged with involuntary manslaughter and put on trial in January 2005. Really? Okay. I struggle with this one because, like, honestly, well, let, let me keep going. He insisted he was being scapegoated. He said, quote, I swear I did nothing wrong. I did everything possible to try to ensure there would be no victims. I expect this trial to arrive at the truth, and I expect everyone to accept their share of the blame. End quote. So he was specifically called out for abandoning his truck as opposed to backing it into the one of the, one of the rest areas. So... Oh, okay. well, okay. But, All but right. by the time he realized that this what wasn't was something on? he could just deal with himself... I mean, this is all like stuff happening in very quick decisions being made. I I kind of call BS on this criminal charge that I do as well because, well, I guess we're gonna have to go with what he says. But I I I don't think he'd be lying and saying like all of a sudden the fire started and I couldn't get to my there were fire extinguisher of it too. Yeah. So it's not like anyone was saying he. Was just ran away like a chicken. Yeah, or it's not like he just literally pulled over and was like, "Fuck this, I'm yeah, out of no, here." No, no, he, he reached for his extinguisher. He was trying to deal with it the way he was supposed to. Like, and what just, was he supposed to couldn't. do? Burn himself? Like, so anyway, yeah that that kind of that kind of makes irks me a little bit. Um, and plus, one of the things he pointed out when people were like, well, why don't you just back into the rest stop? So, like I said, he stopped in the road and not, like, mm-hmm. off the road in this rest stop. He was like, my fucking truck was way too big to do that. This rest stop was not, not a size, for, yes, yeah. that where I could have done that even. He was found guilty. Really? Of involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, you're right. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about I that. I know. Upside, he was given a suspended four and a half month sentence, so he didn't serve time. Oh, but he okay. was still okay. found. He's still a ex con, I guess. And technically, I'm sure, he's gone through civil things. I don't know. Uh, if yeah, you get through that. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of so. think that was unfair. But anyway, it just really sounds like he was the unlucky sap who was driving that car or that <sighs> that cab, that truck when it caught fire, and that just sucks. And I can see, and I think he maybe is correct. I, I think they just wanted someone somebody to blame. blame somebody well, to blame. Well, they found others because he wasn't the only one taken to trial in January of '05. Other defendants included Volvo, who made the truck. Mm-hmm. Although the charges against them were actually dropped. Uh, Gerard Roncoli, the head of security for the tunnel, uh, got six months of jail and a twenty-four month suspended sentence. Remy Chardon, the then president of the ATMB, which is the operational arm Mm -hmm. uh, that operated the tunnel, was given a two-year suspended sentence and an $18,000 U.S. dollar fine. 
And there were several other individuals who received fines and suspended sentences. And the the most punitive were a couple companies that were fined up to 180,000 US. Okay. So uh, the the biggest criminal sentence was that 6 months served for the head of security. But um, I mean even all of that. I mean this just to me seems just like what it was, a freak a accident. That accident, yeah. That was properly responded to. They're like, "Okay, well we'll make sure this shit doesn't happen again." So the Mont Blanc tunnel is in full operation today and has been for some years now since it was shut down and reopened with all the improved safety measures I mentioned and about 5,000 vehicles pass through it every day. Wow. At the cost of, I think it, it's a heavily told oh, tunnel. Sure. Yeah, I believe I'm it's sure. something like 44 euros to go through. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to know what that means. I was like 75 <laughs> bucks. It's, it's pretty to go on. Yeah, the euro is like, like almost time? double. Well, that's a one way. I believe it was 56 euros for dual, like both ways. Something's okay. got to pay for the fucking I understand, safety measures. Sounds like a lot. Holy shit. Well, see, we as Americans need to be used to we pay higher taxes, but we get more better shit. Like safety. Well, we have we have toll roads, but not anything that yeah, high. Yeah, for really shitty roads, too. We don't have we don't have fucking shelters and shit. We the, have the, roads the, that crumble. The, the throughway in New York State's still in pretty good shape, as far as I know. Except for um, Aunt Diane. No, that's not that wasn't. Oh, that I was way. like, what? No, okay, well, yeah. That was the tectonic. Tectonic. Well, she was coming off of uh, something. I don't know. It's a something parkway in Jersey or New York. Taconic, anyway. Taconic Parkway. Taconic. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. I don't know that part of the state very well. Anyway, that's downstate. That was my random. I did so good at keeping things going and not umming. Didn't I? <laughs> you just you just outed yourself as an ummer. I Well, I'm pretty sure our audience has noticed. Yeah, they definitely notice when I'm doing it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's I any make it, joke. I make it pretty obvious. Whenever I'm doing that, by the way, it's because mm-hmm. I've lost my place. Because I get distracted by my co-host bringing up something else. <laughs> I just do it because I'm a fucking lazy speaker. I know I'm a lazy speaker. <laughs> I don't say I'm going to. I say I'm going to. I'm going to? I'm going to go. I'm going to? I'm going to go. No, I don't even say I'm going to. I say I'm going to. I'm going to? I'm going to. Now, now. <laughs> Inside joke, we uh, had a cut of, I rarely edit the episodes at all, but we had a. <laughs> As if you couldn't tell. <laughs> we had a slight break. And so I was splicing together audio and found a random laugh that I made that was just about the weirdest thing I've ever heard come out of my own mouth. We're going to have to put that out at some point. Here, switch. There, there we go. go. It was, point. it literally sounded like, yeah, 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 yeah. We did say, we did save it. So I did save it. We'll, yes. we'll put it out at some point. So we did, we did pretty darn good at sticking to our topic and learning about our tragedy. Yeah, that one sucks. I mean, that yeah. a, a fire in a tunnel. That's what the fuck yeah, are you gonna do? Not nothing. Especially, especially a tunnel that's was it seven miles long seven or miles seven kilometers? Long. It's eleven kilometers uh, seven and seven miles. miles long. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. No thanks. Uh, yeah, it's like because the seven mile bridge in the Keys. Have you ever driven over the seven mile bridge? 
it, it's literally a seven mile long bridge that connects one of the keys to one of the others. I forget which see, one. See if that thing catches on fire, you can just jump in the ocean and well, get true. and get eaten by a shark or stuck or by an alligator. Stingray. That too, or a boa constrictor. Yeah, because it's probably spread from the Everglades by now. But anyway. But yeah, this is uh, a. I've one. never I've, I've never heard of this. Me I mean, neither. I was, so uh, thank you, Joanne. I would have been a... twenty two when this happened. I would so. have been four, fourteen. There you go. Huh. Yeah, we were destined to be together. <laughs> not then. <laughs> no, definitely not then. I'm glad we didn't meet until years uh, later. I was living in South Carolina then. Yeah. Um, and, and sadly, this is also, now that I'm looking at the date, this is just before Columbine. This is like three weeks before. And almost exactly 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh. The 20th anniversary just passed. It did. I was going to... We're at the fucking end of April. What the fuck? I know. How is this year going by this fast? Further, we're almost into the 20s. Yeah. The 2020s. Yeah, this is the last year of this decade. Yeah. Wow. Or the ninth year of this decade. I don't know. Some people say that like 2000 wasn't really 2000. It was 2001. That was the start of the movie. Those people are fucking stupid. Oh, don't please. No, let's not even get into it. I was just going to say our, our numerical system starts with the number zero. So it goes zero to nine. That's how you define okay. a decade. Anyway, that's something else. <laughs> but I, but I'll, I'll like when two thousand nine was happening, people were like, "It's not the real end of the decade. That's two thousand ten." I'm like, "No, you're fucking stupid." Well, my mom is one of the people who says that, so please don't call my mom. I will not stupid. call your mom that. Thank you. To her face. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. You know I love your mom. I love your mom and have been defending her voraciously on this podcast. The communion story <laughs> and the story where you pranked her and how awesome it is that she cut out all of your ex-girlfriends from <laughs> all photo negatives. And See, they don't exist in her mind. Neg- I appreciate that. The negatives I completely forgot about, but there, there's something <laughs> diabolical to that. <laughs> there's something so your mom about that. I guess so. Your your mom's you, pretty you, awesome. You know I was was kidding about your mom. I do. But I don't feel I that do. way. I do. Um... But yeah, this is... This is th- a bad one. This is something I never want to be involved in. A tunnel fire? No. Now I kind of want to look up if this is something like this has happened before. Uh, so uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that could be a whole other subset yeah. of disasters. I, I mean, never no bridge even, I collapses never even, are a whole thing. I kind of never even really thought of something like this happening, but uh, yeah, of course. Because like tunnels a, are... Uh, have you driven through like a mountain tunnel? They're kind no, of I fun. I never have. Because it's like, ooh, we're underground. We had a tunnel in my hometown, but it was literally like maybe 500 yards long. Uh, yeah. It went it went under the locks. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was cool. It was like, oh, the radio is going to go out. <laughs> right. <laughs> the dead zone. And then I remember being little, you'd try to like uh, either hold your breath or do oh, the, yeah, there's something like, the kid, like that. Kid things something like that, stupid yeah. like that. But, but honestly, like not even necessarily like a... This was a big truck, like a rig. Yes. But even something as simple as like just a regular car catching on fire could. Yes, but it, it really was the the they wouldn't have been carrying no like, that much margin. They would not have been carrying six thousand pounds or tons. So or we always it was thought that oil. the biggest danger of margarine was the trans fat, not the fact that it burns like oil. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of margarine and even less so now. Well that's well that's what you eat, I hope you know. And not not the trans uh-huh. fat shit, but when we eat earth balance because oh. I'm a vegan, that's oh, margarine. Okay. That's technically margarine. It's fake butter. Because yeah. it doesn't 
hurt cows. No, I really hate it. I'm going to go to the fridge right now and throw it out. We don't have any. We need more. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> so, after that, sorry about the long ending rant from yours About truly. how well we did about not ranting throughout the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the Mont Blanc Tunnel Fire. Thank you, Joanne. Yes, thank you very much, Joanne. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. And I don't think no, it's appropriate for uh, this one either. Well, it's just not possible sometimes. No, it's not. See you next week. Bye.